Into the great Scott Show. Good morning, everybody. Working on getting uh, Maddie Hudak on the line. Haven't reached her yet. In the meantime, going to give you my up. Uh, oh, I think we got her now. We got Maddie on the line, so we'll uh, we'll get to her. We'll talk some Saints, Taysom Hill, among other things. Good morning, Maddie. How are you? Good morning. I am good. Uh, fighting the daily battle with uh, alarm clocks, as usual. You're, 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 look, you're, you're a night owl. You've been traveling with Tulane all season. You've been up late. So, you know, I feel like, I feel like 8.15 for you would be like, you know, it might be, you know, like 5 a.m. for many others. That's, 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 I used to live my life the same way. So I understand. The problem is they're uh, the clocks are all I think set a few minutes off, so I've set myself up for a very confusing uh, time frame in the morning. But that'll be an off season duty. Rise and grind. You got to begin <laughs> your day with the Saints. I know it's it's one of the things that dominate your thoughts anyway. And you know I, <laughs> I, I read your I read your stuff over at USA Today, uh, Maddie. And of course, folk listeners know who you are. You know you've been on a number of times and. Maybe they've heard you filling in uh, for Gus when he travels over to ESPN 100.3. But Taysom Hill, barring a setback at today's practice, he is dealing with plantar fascia. I am not an athlete. Taysom Hill is a superior athlete. All I know is that when I tried to train for a marathon years ago, I got plantar fascia. It's one of the most painful things I've ever dealt with. I had to use a cane for a week for it oh to my. heal. It, was, it, it sucked. It was really bad. Now He's apparently reportedly got a partially torn one. Um, as he said yesterday, he said, look, the doctor said mm-hmm. it would be better if it was a full tear. I'm not a doctor. I just know it's really painful. If he is able to play, Maddie, and that's the expectation, and you've been calling for it for a while, how much does, does do you see that injury impacting his ability to do the things that, that kind of make him different from if Trevor Simeon was back there? Uh, well, it's hard to say because, we, you know, we really just haven't seen him you know, be in the game plan um, since – what was it, the Atlanta Falcons game was the last time that I think he's been worked into yeah, the, yeah. or I guess the Tennessee Titans game, but kind of barely. Um, so, I, I mean, it's something that once that came out, you know, it did clarify, I guess, a lot of confusion, you know, as to why he wasn't playing. Because when you think of, you know, someone like Taysom Hill, who's struggled with fundamentals and his footwork in the past, um, adding, and you know, an extra wrinkle to that, um, and I, yeah, I've also had the same it's plantar fasciitis. I think I've said it the wrong, whatever the incorrect tomato, tomato. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> exactly. it's, it hurts, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I can see how you know, like, you know, it uniquely affects quarterback in that way. You know, planting your foot, if that's not on, and something's painful about that, then your mechanics can be off. Uh, so I can see how that would affect him in that aspect. Um, and it's hard not to think that that might play into a mobility factor. Uh, but I feel like the last couple of weeks have kind of shown that if he's not good to go, you know, they're going to hold him out. And if he is good to go, then hopefully it's not, you know, kind of this 
restricted version, uh, you know, half injured Taysom. I'm I'm hoping that you know if he is the one that gets to start, that he's ready to do in full. But at the same time, that kind of injury can pop up in the middle of the game. So hard to say at this point. I I would say Trevor Simeon needs to stay ready. About Trevor, I think mm-hmm. blaming a four game losing streak on him is is inaccurate. Um, I think in the first oh, yeah. two in the first two starts, there were just lots of drop passes, and then the last two. You know, the Saints were, were rolling out an offense that it's not hyperbole to say, with the exception of, you know, Armstead and McCoy, the starters last week, that's who you would have, you know, that entire offense would have been playing in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game, and they were having to start. So injuries kind of railroaded the next two, and that's not to say he play, he didn't play, you know, uh, bad, because he did. But I, I it, it's it's hard for me to look at Hill and think, how different are things going to be? I think when you're dealing with a roster that's lacking talent, that's when you need a guy that can perhaps make things happen on his own. And Hill can do that if he mm-hmm. if he's if he's healthy enough. You know, comparing it to last year when he started four games to I think we can call the results mixed. I know they were three and one, but you just look at his <laughs> overall performance. Last year, this team had a lot more firepower around them. That's not, yes, Ingram's expected to be back, but you look at the latest injury reports, right? Armstead and Ramchek, DNP, Kamara's limited. I personally will not be surprised at all if he does not play tomorrow. So Hill, <laughs> Hill just needs to kind of go out and I think try to just make chicken salad out of chicken poop. I think that turnover is special teams. I mean, that's the Saints' best shot of, of trying to win tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and with the Trevor Simeon thing, yeah, I think people that are blaming an 0-4 you know, record on, on one player, um, you know, barring very extreme circumstances, I don't think that can usually be the case. Um, you know, I don't think he necessarily put the team in a position to win a lot of the time, but he's the third-string backup quarterback. I think all things considered, you know, he, he rose considerably. Because um, if you, you know, saw that offense last week, uh, against the Bills, that that was just really not. I saw it in person. A turning offense yeah, whatsoever. It made you appreciate. Um, it made you be more thankful for things from yesteryear, is what it did on Thanksgiving. Yeah, just you know, basic, uh, basic things working. Not, not even any flashes. You know, just just the basic fundamentals of an offense. But the, my thing with Taysom as well is, I am curious as to see when all of this pressure is off of him. If that affects, you know, how he's able to perform, because I feel like in his four-game stretch last year, there was all of this, you know, evaluation as quarterback of the future, and you know, becoming the, you know, apparent error, you know, heir apparent to Drew Brees, Jameis Winston still kind of sitting in the wings, and you know that, you know, the quarterback's coming back in a couple of games, uh, and then, you know, his, his kind of backslide in the preseason to me, a lot of that looked mental. And kind of just losing out, you know, in his head to Jameis Winston, not not to take away from Jameis Winston, but I feel like at the same time that Jameis Winston won the battle with, you know, his abilities, Taysom in that same regard really lost it mentally to me in that same Jaguars game. Or not the, was it the Jaguars game? I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I'm just curious now that, you know, they're pretty much it's, you know, go, go have at it. Um, you know, it's not like there's people clamoring for Trevor Simeon to get back in the same way would be with other quarterbacks and you know drew isn't there either so it really is kind of you know quote unquote Taysom's team should he be starting for lack of a better term uh, so i'm curious you know if, if that kind of psychological training wheels helps here at all uh but yeah i mean there's only so much that anyone could do back there at this point even drew Brees. 
Maddie Hudak is uh, is our guest. You've you've been calling for Taysom for a little while now. Uh, it, it, I guess we have a little more clarity now, right? The plantar fascia. He was an emergency quarterback, but the fact that Ian Book, when Taysom was in an emergency situation, and actually, you know, they they didn't want to play him unless they absolutely had to. The fact that Ian Book was inactive during that stretch. Uh, should we read? Am I reading too much into that? That 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 says that says a lot about Ian Book. I get it; he's only a rookie and he was a mid round draft pick. But you know, he's a guy you you did some scouting on in the preseason, Maddie. And when you're not even dressing him for for some of those games, it it's it's alarming to me. Cons, you know, considering what they actually had at QB in those games, and <laughs> if you don't want Jason to play at all, why is he even dressed? You know what I mean? Like I, I the, my right. biggest takeaway was. Man, how how bad is he in book? So I, I'm trying. I've been trying to marinate on this same thing because you know it kind of was like that. The first time was a little confusing to hear that, and then you know two weeks in a row, it almost is kind of like a red flag in that aspect of you know what's kind of going on here. But I I, I think there is something to be said about putting someone that's not ready in a bad situation and. I think that goes past the lack of, like, receiving targets and things like that. I think, like, Drew's absence has really illuminated a lot of things and what he brought to this offense, uh, you know, past his accuracy and decision-making. Um, when, when he was doing the Manning cast, when the Saints were playing the Seahawks, he had mentioned how, you know, he was the one that set all of the protection calls behind the offensive line and, and you know, was the one who set up a lot of these types of things. And we've kind of seen, you know, more experienced quarterbacks still struggle with trying to communicate with this line. And so my only thought with Ian Book is with, with everything just not up to, you know, standards, he I might just not have, you know, enough of the understanding of, you know, NFL defensive schemes, uh, any way to aid out Eric McCoy and all of them with, you know, sending any types of protection calls. I don't know what, you know, Simeon or Hill are necessarily able to do in that aspect, uh, but... It's a curious thing to me as well. That's really the only thing I can think of is, you know, it's it's, it's almost like putting you know, a first-round rookie behind a really bad O-line on a really bad team, except, you know, he's a day three, round four rookie, um, you know, behind an O-line that, that is frankly just kind of a liability at this point. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think, though, if they lose this game and, and perhaps the next game that, you might as well throw him out there at that point. That That's really all I have with, with Book and what we know at this point. No doubt. Maddie Hudak, our guest, at Maddie Hudak underscore 94 on Twitter. She is verified. Give her a follow. Uh, are the Saints' playoff hopes, are they Are they, Are they? they all but done if they lose tomorrow night? Is this Is this it? Do they? I know the schedule and health and everything else, but all things considered, looking at the standings, is this, is this it tomorrow? Well, when you consider where the Cowboys are uh, COVID situation-wise coming into this game, I believe that they're without you know, several of their assistant coaches, their head coach. Mm-hmm. There's going to be several players, and they've had a couple of suspensions. So, yeah, when, when you consider kind of you know the, the skeletal version of the Cowboys team that they'll be getting, and, and really, you know, it, it, Hill starts, and he's full healthy, and we can really see that full evaluation. I think a thing that's being really underrated is the fact that the Saints have played, you know, 11, or I'm sorry, three games in 11 days now uh, with this, you know, third 
the second Thursday night football coming up in a row. And one of the earlier bye weeks, uh, you know, really out of everyone. So this three-game stretch has just been difficult. We're really starting to kind of see that wear and tear. Um, and so, you know, I think evaluating the team long term, if they lose this game tomorrow, you know, that, that makes playoff hopes uh, a little bit harder to see. But the weird, you know, part is, is they're, you know, kind of in a three-way tie right now out of that bottom slot in the playoffs. But the Chicago Bears made it in last year with an 8-8 eight and eight record, you know, had that wild card slot, and they've added an additional one this year. Um, and so, you know, there there are a lot of situations where they're not out of the playoffs, but there's a question of, you know, how much they would be able to do when they get there, you know, if, if the Cowboys are just a team, like I said, at, at the uh, health that they'll be at, if they're not able to match them, you know, for, from their injured standpoint, I, I don't, you know, see how that gets full speed into the playoffs. But there still is seven weeks left, which is hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. I mean, the fact that January 9th is the last game of the season, it does feel like if the they can... The extra week. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be really weird once we get all the way there. Like, you know, tip, I just I think of like a national championship game happening after the, the first weekend of the playoffs. Now it's like, no, it's it's just after the regular season in the NFL and college football is, right. is, is there. Uh, it's going to take me a while to get used to it, but if... To your point, right, the wild card of the Cowboys with all of their issues, some would argue not having Mike McCarthy might actually benefit them, but not having McCarthy and, and their entire, you know, not entire, a lot of their offensive staff uh, will not. You know, the Cowboys haven't won this year when they haven't rushed for 100 yards. Uh, I think the Saints defense, they're missing Ooh, some guys, I- but it's, it's, it's not like the, the Saints offense, not even close. And and they, right. they they hung tough as long as they could. I mean, they for it was ten nothing at the half against Buffalo. The offense just you can't win a regular season game with a preseason offense, um, uh, fourth <laughs> quarter offense. And so they hung tough for a while. You look at the thirty one, and you could say, oh, and certainly they didn't play good against Philly. They played good enough against Tennessee. I mean, they hung tough against Atlanta for a little. Well, I say that they didn't play good against Atlanta. They didn't get any pressure on Matt Ryan. Um, I, I think if the Saints are going to pull this off. It's that other side of the ball. They need something offensively, obviously. And if the offense is anything like it was last week, the Saints are dead in the water, no matter who Dallas has or not. But if the defense can can keep Dallas at bay in terms of running the football and the Saints can escape with a win, you have the extra rest, right? Because you got 10 days between games. You play the Jets, mm-hmm. who there's no guaranteed win for this Saints roster, but it's certainly a winnable game. And then if, if 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 you have a winning record going into a Sunday night game against Tampa and you look down the stretch and you got games against Miami and Carolina and Atlanta, so I, I losing five in a row and being 500 and, and, and a game and a half out of the last spot feels a lot different than 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 being, you know, uh, excuse me, five and seven feels a lot different than being 500 and looking at the final stretch and looking to get a little more healthy. I just, I think this is, I think the Saints in terms of their postseason hopes, which are, in my opinion, not quite on life support, but you're getting pretty close to have to break out the clear. I think this game tomorrow night is it for the Saints. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, I get it. There's no mathematical thing. And, and just about the defense, um, yeah, I, I've, I kind of strayed away from, from nitpicking them at this point because if you put, you know, pretty much any operative offense uh, across, the, you know, on the same team as them, 
Then this is a defense that is more than capable of, you know, being a winning defense. I mean, uh, you know, in the offense is sustaining drives from that range from seven to 30 seconds, three times in a row. Um, and the other team has a strong rushing attack or a mobile quarterback, which I would say is my only, you know, concern with that defense from a playoff standpoint is their ability to contain mobile quarterbacks. But I also understand that, you know, when you've been on the field for more than 30 minutes by halftime in the Eagles game, for example, it's a lot harder at that point to kind of stop a rusher. And so to kind of go back to you know, the Cowboys with that 100 yard rusher, uh, that's, that is where I look at, you know, the Tano passing on Marcus Davenport injuries as being a bit worrisome. Uh, but uh, I'm with you that I think that this defense should be able to contain the Cowboys. But at the same time, if we do kind of get that Taysom Hill offense and one that actually looks like one that's designed for him, uh, because, you know, as much as this game might feel like it's everything for us, I feel like a lot of people felt really similarly about last week. And I, I don't know how else to say that, you know, the Saints clearly didn't see that as a make-or-break-it game, um, you know, with whoever they were able to trot out there. Uh, and so, you know, when we get – if we get Taysom for the first time this week, it might be a limited version still, um, one that, you know, might – win a couple games later on. But, yeah, I think for that psychological edge for this last game stretch, I'm with you really with the importance of the of this game at this point. And, and I wish I could say which week of the NFL it is in, but as I was saying before, is it 12 or 13? Yeah, I think it's 13. Or, I've lost all concepts of so NFL just, week. Just add how many Saints games the Saints have played and then, and then, and then add one to it. And then that's how, you know? So it's, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to teach myself math tricks with the new schedule like I did <laughs> when I was a kid. Maddie Hudak is, is our, uh, is our guest. Um, lastly, um, I think the, the Saints looked at, at game against Buffalo and it was funny. I was, I was breaking it down last week. Now I didn't know how decimated the offense was going to be. We knew it was going to be bad. And then they're announcing the starters and I'm like, oh my God. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, they were going to have to win the turnover battle. They were going to have to make plays on special teams and then just hope for the best. Well, they created turnovers. It didn't matter. Didn't really do much on special teams. But Peyton said after the game, he basically said the exact same thing. He said, look, we knew based on what we had to work with. I, I told him, talking about Deontay Harris, I told him to just take it out every time. Try to do something. We knew we were going to have to try to create, you know, uh, some kind of plays in other aspects of the game based on what we were going to have. And, and Peyton, right. you know, I, I felt like he was a lot more blunt after the game Thursday against Buffalo. I get why. I understand why he doesn't want to talk about the injuries. And, and I don't think it's this, well, it's, I, I don't think it's, I think a lot of fans think it's, well, he doesn't want the other team to know or the opponent. No, I think it's about his own team, right? And their psyche and their mindset. He doesn't want it to creep mm-hmm. into their minds as an excuse. And, and, and yet after the loss last week, he wasn't using it as an excuse, but he was just being very blunt with what they had to work with. Um, having Mark Ingram back this week, possibly Taysom. I, I don't know that that Harris has to take it out every time. I don't know that they, you know, that Gilligan has to have the game like he had against Washington. But but if they do, if if ever there was a week for the special teams to create a major play in the game. It's 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 tomorrow against Dallas because this outside of the you know look their special teams wasn't great last week nothing was but outside of the kicking outside of the field goal kicking 
most of the season, the Saints special teams has been good. Not last week, but most oh, of the yeah. season. So I, I, I feel like if the Saints are getting a win tomorrow night, I guess it's my bold prediction, right? They are going to create some kind of major special teams play, either a direct touchdown or, or a turnover or a fumble or return that sets up a direct touchdown. I, I don't think they have to have multiple game-changing plays and special teams to win like they would have needed like four last week. But I think they need at least one. And I know they ran a fake last week and Gilligan just, you know, <laughs> he put a little I'm too much mustard on it. That was, that was yeah. so yeah. weird. He just took the snap and heaved it. But but give me, I guess, and maybe maybe I said bold. there's nothing bold about this prediction. This is just my analysis. What is something, what is a major play in a major area you think they absolutely have to create tomorrow if they want a shot to upset Dallas and get back to 500? Uh, I really think, and and I, I quite frankly could make the argument that Blake Gilligan has been you know, a primary factor in some of these early season wins when you consider the field position Washington, that yeah. he kept giving the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so... And a lot of the time, Ty Montgomery or JT Gray has been responsible for kind of pinning those punts really far down there. Um, when you talk about, you know, again, them um, succeeding more with a 100-yard rusher and Ezekiel Elliott not being someone like Camara who can be so elusive out of the backfield, you have them backed up all the way until their own, you know, into the end zone at that point. Uh, that makes their offense a little harder to operate. I know that Dak has had some injury concerns here and there this season. And I know that he's not, you know, the, the first and foremost relative mobile quarterback, but he can move. But in terms of special teams, I honestly think if, if Gillikin and someone, you know, who's a gunner and that's running down there are able to really communicate and get really, you know, on the two-yard line, on the one-yard line, those types of field positions, I honestly don't think that it has to be anything really flashier than that. Great stuff. Maddie Hudak has been our guest, everybody. Give her a follow over on Twitter at Maddie underscore Hudak 94. Maddie Hudak underscore, let me say it, Maddie Hudak underscore 94. <laughs> That's it. Yes, it is pronounced Hudak, which is, uh, which is, which is great, which is great. Um, Maddie, I, I appreciate you waking up with us. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, good talking Saints. I know James isn't here this week, but he, I know. he, he, he appreciates you. Uh, interacting with him on Twitter. It's very important to my friend James. Somehow he, he determines whether we're friends or not based on that. Um, he's, he's, he's wise beyond his years, and yet when it comes to social media, it's, it's like he's like in high school. Uh, so I just, he, he's going to get <laughs> mad at me for saying this, but I, on behalf of him, I just wanted to thank you. Well, uh, to let him know, you're very welcome. <laughs> thank you, Maddie. All the best. We'll, uh, Thanks, we'll talk God. again soon, all, all right. right? Take care. Okay. That is Maddie right. Hudak. Bye. She has been our guest here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. When we come back, top 10 teams in the NFL, count them down from 10 to 1 by my standards. It's all coming your way next. It's a great Scott show. Don't go anywhere. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate... 
DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Slash full terms and